Welcome to the Pantry Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey McDaniels, and I'm part of the Development Committee for the Oshkosh Area Community Pantry. If this is your first time tuning in, we're glad you're here. This podcast is meant to share information about the OACP and encourage the community to get involved with their local pantry. If you are interested in learning more about the OACP, visit their website at oacptoday.org to see how you can get involved. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. My interviewee this week is Professor Tracy Slagter from UW Oshkosh. She generously volunteered to be my first interview subject as I began recording this podcast. As a political scientist, she was excited to share her knowledge about government-subsidized food programs. In addition, one of her classes volunteers at the pantry each spring. Let's get to her interview right now. So our first guest on the Pantry Podcast is Dr. Tracy Slagter from the Political Science Department at UW Oshkosh. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, Could you just tell us first a little bit about your background and your work at UW Oshkosh, and then we'll move on to talking a bit about your class and your work with the Oshkosh Community Pantry. Sure. So I've been working at UW Oshkosh since 2006. I am a professor of political science. Most of my courses are international and comparative in nature. Um, So I do a lot on international law and European politics. This class that we're going to talk about today is really my only class that starts with a focus on American politics and then starts looking outward. Um, And through this class, which is a part of our university studies program, which I used to direct, um, through this class, I really have developed a a nice, solid working relationship with the Oshkosh Area Community Pantry that I value tremendously and that has given our students um, pretty transformative experiences since I've been working with them since 2014. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. So the class we are focusing on today is called The Politics of Food. And as Tracy mentioned, it's part of the University Studies Program. So as you used to be the director, do you want to talk a little bit about that and how it contributes to the students' overall education here? Sure. So the University Studies Program is a UW Oshkosh innovation. And it was designed to really make general education, those courses that students take in their first couple of years at the university, really intentional and really meaningful and uh, giving students a a cohesive experience in their first couple of years of college. So we devised this Quest series of courses. There's Quest 1, Quest 2, and Quest 3 that students take in their first two years. Um, And each of them serves a different purpose. Quest 3, which is the focus of this Politics of Food course. Quest 3 courses, you can take them in any discipline on campus, but they all have a community experience attached to them. And our thinking with that is, you know, when we were devising the university studies program was we need to get our campus, our students off of campus. We need to show them that they're part of a larger community and we need to have them active in that community. A lot of universities have this, they do this, but they wait until students are seniors. And that's great. There are transformative experiences, but we wanted to have our students out there doing things in their community much earlier than that, so that maybe then they would develop um, kind of an appetite for community service and understand that they're part, not just of this campus, but they're part of the wider Oshkosh community. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what a better partner than the Oshkosh Area Community Pantry to, you know, work with and help the Oshkosh community. Um, So you started your relationship then with the community pantry several years ago. Mm -hmm. 
and have been working with them ever since. Could you talk a little bit about the work that your students have done and how maybe just how that relationship came to be? Yeah, so I proposed this class, I don't know, kind of out of a pet passion of mine. I love to cook. I am really interested in nutrition. I'm interested in how government impacts what's on our plate every day. And it doesn't pertain to what I normally teach. And so this was a fun way for me to to do something that I don't normally get to do and develop an entirely new course with a new community experience attached to it. So um, when I did propose this course, um, Mike Leader, who is the um, community engagement director for the university studies program, he said, well, you know, maybe we could explore a partnership with the Ashkosh Area Community Pantry. Um, And we did, and it's been going strong ever since. So this was um, the first year that the USP was going on our campus. Um, I taught this course. So um, we've had a really good working relationship with the pantry, and it's developed over the years. Like what students have done at the pantry has really changed, I think, over the years. But the baseline is the same, and that is I want to illustrate to students, I mean, for all of these Quest 3 courses, it's important that the what happens in the classroom is connected to what happens at the community experience. So it can't just be like, go volunteer and check a box. It is, all right, now you're going to illustrate, have illustrated for you really through your work at this organization, what you've been learning in your class. So what do we talk about? You know, in my class, we talk about um, how government impacts nutrition decisions, right? Your uh the nutrition label on the side of your cereal box, that is Congress, right? Like that is the government at work. Um, uh, Government subsidies. We talk about government assistance to um, those who are less fortunate. We talk about discrimination. We talk about inequity. We talk about all sorts of environmental impacts. Um, And so the pantry is one way that we can really illustrate how you know, that intersection between politics and food in a really unique way because students get upfront experience with, you know, how does the food get to the pantry? Like, why do we have uh, so much of one type of food and not enough of the other? Why is it so expensive to buy, you know, I don't know, produce, right? Lettuce. Why is it so expensive to do that? But you can get, you know, cheap its <laughs> um, for relatively cheaply. So, these are the sorts of things that we talk about in the class and then are, are really illustrated there. So when my, my students are at the pantry, what are they doing? They are assisting clients, right? They understand the point system. Um, they're doing a lot of stocking, which at first they're like, oh, really? Like I have to do stocking? That sounds boring. Uh, and they actually love because they get to interact with clients and they get to see what they buy and they can see the choices, sometimes great, sometimes not so great and the trade-offs that people are making. But I think more than anything, they see that the clients of the pantry could be them, could be their parents, could be their grandparents, could be anybody that they know. And that brings what we're talking about in class to, <laughs> to them directly. And you know, I, I have not yet, well, there was one student who was crabby about it, but, uh, you know, in the hundreds of students I've had, um, there have been, maybe I can think of one off the top of my head who are like, I didn't learn anything from this. This was dumb. But for the most part, students are transformed by this experience, even though it's really short. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah. And I mean, that makes perfect sense. You know, being able to actually see and work with clientele who access the pantry on a regular basis and realizing, you know, maybe it's not the type of people that they expected it to be and seeing that that could be them or it could be a family member, somebody in need, um, because, you know, anybody could have the need to use the pantry. And that's why it's welcome to everybody. Um, And, you know, especially now during the pandemic, we talked a lot about or we heard a lot about food insecurity and people going through um, you know, these different things with losing jobs and then also not having access to food. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the pantry tried to keep up with that and, you know, increase their programming to provide food to people who were in those situations. So throughout the pandemic, were you still able to do some work with the pantry in your class? And how did how did that go? It was heartbreaking. So, I mean, you know, the pandemic, we started our semester in February of 2020. And then of course we were shut down in mid-March and it was right when I was teaching that class, some of the students had put in maybe two hours at the pantry. And then all of our students were sent home. So that pantry experience didn't really happen for all but maybe five of the students in my 50 person class. And they were actually legitimately sad about not being able to do it because, you know, by now, I've been teaching the class so often that people sort of know what to expect. And so they were like, oh, we don't get to do that. So uh, I worked with Mike Leader and we came up with an alternative project where um, we had students submit recipes from their, uh, like their family archives or research recipes and say, okay, you know, we've talked about what pantries get and what they don't get in terms of food and ingredients. So I want you to make a meal and I want you to price out everything. And, you know, I want you to, to, to make it start to finish. I want you to document how you made it. You know, maybe you're not a very good cook. Maybe you don't have all the equipment. I want you to tell me exactly how you went through preparing this meal. And then I want you to serve it to your family and I want you to get reviews. And was it good? I want you to analyze whether or not it was very nutritious. Was it easy to make? And most importantly, I want you to tell me if you were going to the pantry to make this meal, could you find the ingredients? Mm -hmm. Were there ingredients that were there? And it turned out to be a really sweet reflection. We made a Quest 3 cookbook that we gave to the pantry. Um, And some of them made recipes that they have been made in their family for a long time. And I always got little reflections. You know, they students always surpass my expectations. So they, I, I always got these little stories behind, especially family recipes. My grandma's been making this forever and, you know, we really like it, but it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, so it, it was really, really a sweet experience, but it's, it's not quite the same as being able to interact with the pantry. And then, of course, the pantry had their own procedures change where they you know, obviously weren't having people in, but now, um, you know, I taught the class last spring and they had a pretty normal experience. Awesome. Um, my daughter volunteers there now. Uh, my son volunteered there. Um, and I'm hopeful, right. That this spring I teach the class every spring that we'll have a, a good experience there as well. I haven't been disappointed yet. So Excellent. it's been a really good relationship. Very cool. And is the Quest 3 cookbook still accessible in any way? or It is. I am I know that I have copies of it, and mm-hmm. I know that a copy of it was given to the pantry, and it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, you know, in the crazy of the pandemic, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I can easily send you a copy if you want. Excellent. Yeah, maybe that's a thing we could share, too, with 
members or anybody yeah. like that to share with people they know because that's you know always exciting to try different recipes and also to um, you know learn about the experience that the students well, had. What's funny is there is so I follow a vegetarian you know closely cl- almost vegan diet and there was one other student in that class at that time during the pandemic who was vegan and she's like I have this recipe that you are going to love and it's dead easy like dead easy recipe and I make it probably once every two weeks. And it's changed cheap your life. And easy. And my daughter loves it. Like everyone loves it. It's super fast. And <laughs> so oh, that's, that's perfect. There are many good things that came out of this, and that was one of them. Very cool. <laughs> that is excellent. <laughs> And, you know, so with the cookbook, you talked about, um, and just the experience of the pantry, seeing that there's certain foods that there's a lot of, others yeah. that there's definitely shortages. Obviously, fresh produce, things like that are really hard to keep and to store. Um, what was the biggest challenge as far as maybe for the students coming up with these recipes? Mm-hmm. Did they realize like, oh, I wouldn't maybe have access to these types mm-hmm. of ingredients? Um, you mm-hmm. know, were there certain ones that you noticed? Mm-hmm. They A lot of times they said meat. Mm-hmm. So if they were making meat-heavy dishes, they just weren't sure because many of them hadn't really had a pantry experience. So we had talked about why that might be difficult, like especially for, I mean, we're, we're really blessed in this community to have the OACP because it's in a former grocery store and it has freezers and it has space and you can shop for your own stuff, which is rare among pantries. Um, whereas, you know, you know, students were like, I- I'm not sure if you'd always have access to chicken breast or chicken tenderloin or, you know, uh, lean ground beef or whatever. So that was a little bit challenging. And they tried, they tried to balance health with good taste with affordability. And so a lot of times what they were worried about was, was meat and then produce. Like, I'm not sure if in the middle of March, like this recipe calls for, I don't know, something, right? Um, fresh celery or right something like that would they have access to that and Mm -hmm. I also asked them like if not is there a substitute could Mm -hmm. you use something else could you could you make the recipe without it yeah um and so sometimes they knew but sometimes they're really inexperienced cooks and they they didn't know that you didn't have to have you know a can of cream of mushroom then Mm -hmm. you know there's there's some substitutions there's there's other things you can find a substitution for pretty much anything anything. yep exactly those were just just born out of their inexperience in the kitchen. Um, my initial plan for that was way too elaborate. <laughs> Initially, wanted them to make these cooking videos, right? Oh, sure. So they would be cooking and like teaching cooking skills or whatever. And then I'd made one. I made a video. And it took me forever. <laughs> it was like, they are not going to be able to do this. Yes. And it was super complicated to do in one take. And I didn't understand how to do video editing. And so we went with the cookbook and that was the right thing to do. That sounds fantastic. So, yes. Yeah, I imagine as well. I tried to do a, over the pandemic, one of our partner schools did like a virtual cooking demonstration and you were supposed to follow along and they're doing all this stuff. They've got a setup where they're used to doing this. Right. They teach cooking classes. Right. I'm trying to follow along and it was a, a mess. I was hard. not doing well. I made a tiramisu and I forgot to put sugar in it. So <laughs> it turned out it looked beautiful, but it did not it taste, taste it good. didn't taste very good at all. Rather, <laughs> rather bland and, you know, unsweetened cocoa powder. So I could see how that would be very difficult. Healthier, but yeah. not what one would want right. when one is already invested not, in eating tiramisu. Yeah, yes. Not exactly mm-hmm. what you're looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. Well, it's really cool to see how you were able to, you know, sort of pivot and make it work, um, you know, providing recipes for people who use the pantry um, to use those ingredients and, you know, create that cookbook during, you know, during a time when you couldn't actually go there. Well, I, I just, as an aside, so I, I remember one time when my son and I were volunteering a couple summers ago and the pantry got in pallets of bananas. <laughs> And the bananas, you know, of course, a banana is like one day is great and the next day is banana bread, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we were putting them out and I was like, gosh, you know, do people know all the things you can do with a very, very ripe banana? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of been sticking in my head. And, and I know the pantry does have that. They, uh, they do recipes. They have all of these things. But like that was one of the things that was sticking in my head as I was devising these assignments too. like pay attention mm-hmm. to what the pantry gets you know, loads of, and it's free. Yeah, right? and it's not always going to be the same. So it's being able to, you know, make make different changes well, and it, it, and the next week, my son and I were volunteering. They got a TFAP, you know, the Emergency Food Assistance Program donation, and it was pallets full of cranberry juice concentrate. Oh, so not like actual cranberry, cranberry juice, yep. but like it had to be diluted, and so. I remember the discussions there, like, what are we going to tell people to do with this? Like, cranberry juice is super healthy for you. Like, you can use it for, I don't know, a variety of things. But (laughs) just, you have to deal, I mean, that's why food pantries are amazing, because they have to deal with whatever shows up. Mm -hmm. Very flexible, know know how to improvise and, you know, make it work. (laughs) Exactly. So it's people who are thinking on their feet all the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, you mentioned that you have a vegetarian, almost vegan um, diet. Do you, and obviously that's hard, just even in Wisconsin where we love dairy and cheese. (laughs) Yes. Um, For someone who's maybe a vegetarian shopper at the food pantry, are there things you notice that might be difficult for them in your work with the the pantry? Or is there pretty good variety? You know, there is a lot of variety. I think the first thing people think of, when they think of a vegetarian or a vegan diet is protein. Mm-hmm. Like, well, where do you get your protein? I mean, I get asked that all the time. Mm-hmm. But the pantry is loaded with protein. You just have to look for it. And, you know, how they have black beans. They have chickpeas. They have a huge variety of other things that is loaded with protein. And you just need to know how to make them. And so I think people sometimes shy away because it's it's really easy. You know what to do with the chicken breast. You mm-hmm. know what to do with a pound of ground beef. And, you know, you know how to mix it with cheese and it's going to taste fantastic. But it's, um, I think it takes a little bit more cooking knowledge and preparation. I mean, the pantry almost always has dried beans, right? Like dried black beans or dried chickpeas or dried kidney beans or whatever. And that in and of itself, if you don't know that you take that and you got to soak, soak it for them. a day yep. or, you know. You might um, end up with a chili with some crunchy some beans crunchy in beans, it. Yeah. Right. But, but once you know that or if you have access to a crock pot or even better, an instant pot where mm-hmm. you can make dried beans in, you know, 50 minutes or whatever. Like, it's it's I think that's a little bit more of a challenge, but it's not a challenge from a nutritional standpoint. It's a, a challenge from a preparation standpoint. Because mm-hmm. so if you don't know that, then you don't know that, right? Right. Kind of about educating as well as right. providing, but, not but just I, giving somebody a food and saying, here you go. Exactly. <laughs> but I had a student um, who, I'm trying to remember exactly his background, but um, his family was originally from Mexico. And so they had come here and... I was talking about, in one of the lectures, we talked about, like, cheap meals. Like, how cheap meals that you could prepare, prepare using Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, right? Mm-hmm. Although it used to be known as food stamps. What cheap meals. 
And he raised his hand. He's like, I know exactly what you do. And he said, you eat rice and beans. Mm -hmm. You eat rice and beans all the time. And then he went, this was years ago now, and he went he went to the pantry. And he was like, I found everything that Mm -hmm. my family would need to get protein Mm -hmm. to be full. You know, when we, he's like, my family used, used pantries Mm -hmm. when we first came to this country and, you know, we had to make food that was going to full, you know, fill up a big family and we did it Mm -hmm. and you can do it too. And it tastes awesome. Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be, you know, bad food. You can definitely make some great dishes out of what's available. Exactly. He's like, you have rice. You have beans, you have some tomatoes, done. You're like, all you're set. You're done. Yep. <laughs> That's so. all you need. Exactly. That's amazing. Well, very cool. So, and then in general with your class, so you talked about how um, they do a certain amount of volunteering throughout mm-hmm. the, is this throughout the semester? About how many hours does each student put in? So for each Quest class, whether it's my class or any class, right, any department can offer this class, it's 14 to 20 hours. Okay. So it's not that long. No. And when students first hear that that's part of it, they're like, oh my gosh, this is one other thing I have to do, and how am I going to get there, blah, 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 a lot of complaining. And then they do it. And then they're like, oh, well, this is actually super meaningful, Mm -hmm. and this is something that I feel like I'm actually doing something. And so I I always say to them, like, is this one more thing to add to your plate? Yes. It absolutely is. Is it a hassle to get there from here? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. You can take a bus, you can drive, you know, usually they have carpooling arrangements or whatever. Um, is this the most meaningful thing that you're going to do this year? Also, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So go do it and contribute back to the community that supports this university and that supports you and loves that you're here. Go make a difference for 14 to 20 hours mm-hmm. and tell me you don't feel awesome about this experience. And they do. Yep. They do, right? But it's hard, a little bit of coaxing at the beginning. At the start, right, until Um, they start doing it and realize. And I mean, you know, the OACP has a fantastic staff and great people to work with. So, I mean, the whole process is really made a lot easier by that. And they make it super easy and convenient. Actually, this year is probably the easiest yet because students now have, or any volunteer, my, my daughter volunteers, and they have an online mechanism through which you can keep track of your volunteer hours and you can see when your shift is. So, I mean, when we first started, like it was pencil and paper, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and an Excel spreadsheet. Um, And now it's just, uh, you know, light years beyond what it was. And so they make it easy. They work with student schedules. If you can't make it the whole schedule because your class is, you know, too tight or whatever, like they have always figured it out for students. Um, And what I also like and what students sometimes bristle at a little bit until they understand why is, you know, students are sometimes used to making these fast and loose decisions and they don't understand how much the pantry actually depends on volunteers. And in the spring semester, like they depend on my class being there. That's 50 people. And a lot with 20, you know, 14 to 20 hours each that adds up. That's a lot of help. And I, I said, you need to treat and and Jordan, um, at the pantry, you know, he says this every time he visits my class at the beginning of the semester, you need to treat this like a job. You wouldn't just not show up to your job or tell them five minutes before your shift starts that you're not coming. So it, it kind of changes students' mindsets too. Like volunteer work isn't just like, well, if you have a minute. Volunteer work is you being an integral part of the community and an integral part of the organization. And you show up. Mm-hmm. You show up and you do your work and you do it well and then you leave. Mm-hmm. But you have to be responsible. And so I think it changes their 
thinking not only about their community, but also about nonprofit work. Absolutely. Like, it's not just a, this fly-by-night thing. Like, it's it's work. Mm-hmm. And it's, they have a schedule. They need right. people to be there. You have a shift. Right. That's, that's how it goes. They're running a grocery store. Mm-hmm. They're running a grocery store where everything is quote-unquote free. Mm-hmm. But it still requires a professional staff, people to be there. It has a checkout, right? It has all of these things. And you're a part of that now. So show up. Mm-hmm. And they do. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, like you said, once they see, once they start doing it, I mean, you, you get out of it, what you put into it. If you, if you're putting right. in, you know, being there, showing up, doing, doing everything that's required, that's how you're really going to feel like you've made that difference. And right. it's something, I, I think it's really cool again, that the quest courses incorporate that volunteer component, because I think a lot of students in high school, you know, they're volunteering to try to get, you know, hours or something to put on their college application, but then really realizing as they get into college, like, Oh, I'm going to be a part of a community someday. And I'm going to want to give back. Like, this is such a great way to be involved. Um, and so using the food, you know, pretty much anywhere you go is going to have some sort of food assistance right. program, ideally. Right. I mean, not anywhere, but, um, you know, this is a great place to start, whether they stay in Oshkosh or go somewhere else and have that experience. Well, and the other thing, too, is that they can get used to being part of a community no matter what the community is. Mm-hmm. And um, really understanding that that if you're going to be a part of a community – you can't just be a, a person who sits back and waits for things to be handed to you. Like you have to go out there and be a real member. And sometimes that means doing challenging things that are outside your comfort zone, but that's where you learn. That's where you grow. That's where you can make a big difference. And that's what I want them to do. No matter where they live, that they start here. I tell them, put it on your resume. Mm-hmm. You just volunteered at the OACP. This is what you did. It was awesome. Somebody's going to see that and they're going to see that you're not just, you know, you have a college degree, whatever, but they're going to see that you actually did something to give back. And what community isn't going to want that? What employer isn't going to want to see that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add about your class or your experience with the food pantry or Mm -hmm. things that you'd like either the membership or students to know? I guess I think... One thing, and this is not just necessarily for my class, but I say this would be for any of the university partnerships, is that it's so vital. I think I love this this project that you're doing, Kelsey, because it will hopefully increase the connections between the university and the pantry and the university and the community. I think those are always hard to maintain because we're our own little city here on, on campus, and it's really easy for us and for our students to just stay here. Mm-hmm. But I would love for more people in the Oshkosh community to understand these relationships that we build and that our students, you know, they're not just checking a box. They actually do. I mean, we obviously require them to do this, but they become part of the community. They become members of this community. And that's really, really vital to keeping programs like this going um, and to maintaining a good relationship between the university and the community in which it's housed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that's important. Yeah, I can't agree more. I think that getting the students off campus is so important, especially if they're not originally from Oshkosh. They might not know what ways they can volunteer, what ways they can get out there. And, you know, starting there, you know, there's definitely going to be students maybe who keep on volunteering or seek out other options. So it's great that we have these connections and that the community can learn about them and how, you know, how it's incorporated into their education and just their future. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, great. And what is the, so your course is offered next spring. And what is the title of the course? It's offered every single spring. It is Political Science 214. It is called The Politics of Food, which students always think is a joke title because they don't understand that politics <laughs> could be related to food. And yes. then they realize that it is all They're politics. absolutely <laughs> tied in. Yes. We wouldn't have the pantry. You know, there's, there's all kinds of different things that are tied into that. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and answering some questions about your course and, you know, the collaborations. I think it's been very informative and I, I would love to sit down in our class. That sounds like anytime. A, you know, Anybody can sit in anytime and it's been my pleasure to talk to you, Kelsey. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Pantry Podcast. Remember to visit the OACP website to find out how to be a volunteer or how to make a donation. They are especially in need of drivers to pick up food from the Fox Valley area. The food drive theme for this month is Around the World in 30 Days. This June, consider donating food items from various locations around the globe. Let's make sure no one goes home hungry this summer. The podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple, so be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes.